peoples of the Worldwide Federated Internet. What's good? Every now and again, I will have a conversation or see something, maybe a video, hear another conversation, hear somebody talk about something that'll get, you know, thoughts going on in my brain. I had a conversation with a young man who listens to my podcast. I say young man, we may be around the same age, I'm not sure. Um... And my messages on Instagram, maybe a day and a half ago, it was a great conversation. Me and him converse, you know, back and forth from time to time. As I always say, I'm open to conversation. We won't always agree. Um, we won't always see eye to eye, but I'm always open to conversation. And me and him, from time to time, we'll talk about biblical topics. And the the conversation surrounding doubt of God's word came up because he had some things that I don't want to put words in his mouth or assume what he saw or didn't see, but there were some things that caused him to question God's word. I think sometimes when people question the Bible, some of us within the body of Christ see that as a threat. Questioning and doubt is not necessarily a problem. The heart behind questioning and doubt sometimes can be a problem. If you're if you're if your questions and your doubt is from a place that you just want to know truth, I want to know what the truth is. There's several things in life or few things in life I am super confident about. One of the things I am super like through the roof confident about. If you honestly question the Bible, honestly, notice I said honestly. And you really, from an honest heart, want to know what the Bible says, if the Bible is true, can it be trusted? I'm 100% convinced God will show, work out a situation, get you to the right person, have you read the right thing. You will have confidence in the Bible. Me and this young man had a conversation. There was some questions he had about the Apostle Paul. And we hash these things out. Sometimes I think you have to hash these things out. Uh, what's the right word I'm looking for? Psychologically. If a person doubts the Bible. Then using the Bible to quench that doubt. I'm not going to say it won't work, right? The Bible says that God's word won't return to him void. His word will do exactly what it set out to do. I believe we can use principles in the Bible and things the Bible talks about sometimes to bring that person in, which is what I did in a roundabout way. And I believe we came to a good conclusion. Um, one of the things I, I, I drew out again, we were talking about the Apostle Paul. He had some questions about the Apostle Paul 
And he felt like, well, maybe there was some shortcomings and, you know, there's some issues with Paul. And what I assured him of is, okay, well, let's, let's analyze that. The apostle Paul said that he was chiefest of sinners. Those are his words recorded pen placed in the Bible. I believe there's a reason these things are placed in the Bible. And and I believe these things I said to this young man did help. We we came to a good conclusion at the, the tail end of this conversation. The Apostle Paul also said that all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. There is none righteous, no, not one. The Apostle Paul didn't leave himself out of that category. In saying these things, he placed himself within this category, letting it be known that I'm not above reproach. I'm not without sin. And one of the things I pointed out is, let's go back to the the beginning. Uh, there's something called the law of first mentions. I'm not going to you know scroll to the pages I'm on or anything like that. But the law of first mentions or... Uh, or principle or rule of first mention is a guideline that some people use for studying scripture. The law of first mention says that to understand a particular word or doctrine, we must find the first place in the scripture that word or doctrine is revealed and study that passage. I'm not saying that this is the the 100% orthodox correct way to study your Bible. That's I'm definitely not getting into that. I just wanted to mention this because this is kind of what I used in our conversation. And what I went to was when the serpent came to Eve in the garden. Now for, for sake of time, I'm not going to go long into this, but I will touch on it. There are those who believe the serpent was not Satan. There are those who believe the serpent is Satan. There's a debate about that back and forth. I won't get into that debate because that's a whole nother topic for a whole nother day. Right? I believe that this serpent is Satan. Maybe I'm wrong, right? We're, we, we can go back and forth about, about that. But whether this serpent is Satan or not Satan is irrelevant to this point. We see what God said attacked in the book of Genesis, chapter 3 and verse 1. Now the serpent, I'm reading from the book of Genesis, chapter 3. I'm not going to you know, switch my, my screen today. It's going to be a little different. Now the serpent was more subtle than any beast of the field which the Lord God had made. And said unto the woman, Yea, hath God said, Ye shall not eat of every tree? of the garden and the woman said unto the serpent we may eat of the fruit of the trees of the garden but of the fruit of the tree which is in the midst of the garden god hath said ye shall not eat of it neither shall ye touch it lest ye die and the serpent said unto the woman ye shall she, ye shall not surely die for god doth know that in the day ye eat thereof, then your eyes shall be open, and ye shall be as gods, knowing good and evil. Sometimes there is 
half truths told to you that that negate glaring truths right so you get some information there's something missing and without that missing piece you have a false perception of what that information represents now would adam and eve know good and evil when they ate of the fruit of this tree yes they had no idea they were naked and they were naked and they didn't know it until they ate of this of this tree now i'm not going to get into all of the the doctrine of good and evil and, and all of that i just wanted to show how god's word was attacked even from the beginning and look at how god's word was attacked so first of all in order to attack truth what did the serpent have to do in, in order to to pull the rug of truth from under the feet of eve the first thing that he had to do was attack god's word right so this this the, the first thing that was done attack god's word once god's word is attacked and there's a loss of confidence in god's word then i can derail this whole thing nothing is new under the sun so in in making an attempt to help a person who's doubting god's word let's let's look into when god's word was attacked right we look at how uh satan approached the lord jesus christ quoting bible out of context missing the context of the whole bible right satan would quote something the lord jesus christ would would combat that with something else in the bible showing that right when you look at how that interaction works showing that the bible is a complete book it's not just one verse is not just one book is not just one account it is a complete book that is consistent and in order to understand this book you have to take the complete book in its full context you can't pull things out and try to make well this contradicts something over here because it said this well let's pump the brakes let's take the whole bible into consideration and break this down that's what the lord jesus christ was doing to satan we have a great if you ever want to understand how to rightly divide the word of truth, look at that interaction between the Lord Jesus Christ and Satan. You get a really good idea of how to break the, the Bible down, how to avoid false doctrine and false conclusions. The, the, it was masterfully done. The Bible is such a... When I look at the Bible, this is what I think to myself. This is such a masterfully done book that this book cannot have human origins. It just just the, the way themes are interwoven, the way truths are interwoven from the book of Genesis to the book of the Revelation. This cannot have been done and orchestrated by humans. The origin of the Bible is God inspired by him. But in, in working through that, you know, I also told this young man, I said, now we have to realize and now let's look at what the Bible says about about the devil, because it warned us. It didn't leave us helpless in that regard to understanding the devil's attacks. The Bible says, be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary, the devil, as a roaring lion, walketh about seeking whom he may devour. 
So we know that the devil is out to devour people, to take people down. We see this in the ministry of the Lord Jesus Christ. We saw this happen to Judas and we saw we saw uh, Satan seek to derail Peter. We saw this multiple times. So when we take that into consideration, we have to then look at, OK, and, and I'm of course, I'm dealing with the conversation I had with, with, with this young man, and it was a great conversation. I enjoyed it. And we I just unpacked. I said, all right, let's unpack these questions about the Apostle Paul. I said, if we believe that the Bible is inspired. then we believe this, these these thoughts, these words that are pinned down didn't originate with Paul. All right, so. If we believe God's word is inspired, didn't originate with Paul or Peter or John or Isaiah or Moses, they're inspired by God. Then if we have a problem with the Bible, we don't have a problem with the the instruments used to pin the Bible down. I'm going to give you a very simplistic view of how I look at Bible authorship. If I were to ask you, have you ever written anything? Of course, you would say, yes, I have. What if I told you, you never wrote a thing? You controlled an instrument, a pen or pencil or a keyboard that annotated and jotted some things down. You inspired that stuff, those thoughts that that pen put down, that that pencil put down on a piece of paper that that keyboard put onto that word document and application were inspired by you. You yourself didn't jump into the computer and put those, those words in that document. You yourself didn't jump down on a page and make those words appear. You used an instrument to record those things. Now the instrument itself can't take credit for the words. The words and inspiration came from you, but the instrument is what was used to pin those words down. I know that's very simplistic and somebody might, you know, think really hard and find some holes in that. It's just a simplistic, how I, how I break the inspiration of the Bible down simplistically so that my simple mind can, can grasp. And I think sometimes when we, when we look at the Bible, we, we forget certain things. We forget one this is inspired by God too. God did use men to do this. The, the, one of the, one of the great sayings that I heard, uh, I can't take credit for this. I think it was, um, Voss from grow to heck up. If you don't follow grow to heck up on, on Instagram, I, I admonish you go follow him. He has some good information on that page. He used to do a lot of Instagram lives. He, he hasn't uh, done as much, but he said something one time that really, really struck me. And I've, and I've quoted him saying this before. Uh, I don't know where he got the quote from, if it originated with him or if he got it from somewhere else, but I can't take credit for this. He said, God uses crooked people to paint straight lines. And I was like, man, that's actually, that's, that's a, that's a profound way of, of, of seeing life. I actually like that. But I, I, I think people forget that the the people used to pin down books of the Bible were still people. Yes, God inspired it, but it doesn't change the fact that these are still people. So one of the things I think that happens is 
and again, I think this is a, a, a trick of Satan. You can deny the spiritual realm. You can deny that Satan exists. And, and I understand, again, I don't criticize people who doubt things. I don't criticize or try not to criticize people who doubt the Bible, who doubt, you know, uh, a spiritual battle behind the scenes because doubt is normal for us. Doubt is natural for us. Where that doubt is coming from is where the problems come in, right? If you have doubt and that doubt comes from the fact that you just want the truth, you honestly want the truth. But if you have doubt out of a, out of a malicious intent, you want to tear down the truth so you can do what you want to do. You got to check those motives. And I believe if you really want the truth, God will give you the truth. He will deliver the truth, hand packaged, sealed, wrapped up in a bowl and placed right in front of you to unpack. And I honestly believe that. But you have to remember that these were men that God inspired to pin down these words, right? But you have to remember these are men. So if your focus is on the people themselves, then you will miss the whole point. The people themselves are not perfect. They even in many of the books of the Bible, the people, the very people pinning down these things pointed out their own shortcomings. Think about that. What person who, because I've heard the arguments before the Bible is a book that people, you know, is man-made and is used to control people. Interesting because the Bible says that we're all in the same exact condition. The Bible doesn't paint anyone with a, with a greater lens than me. The Bible doesn't pay, place any person in a greater position with God than me. No king, no ruler, no government. We are, we have all fallen short. We are all on equal footing. This, this is what the Bible lays out. If somebody wanted control, that's a terrible way of getting it. The terrible way of getting control is putting us all in the same boat. We're all starting at the same point. So when people say that the Bible's man-made, I'm like, this is the most backwards man-made scheme for control that I've ever seen. Right? The Bible lays out all the, 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 the sins and the wickedness of the world and lets us know that this is not the way we should go. This is, this is, this flies in the face of God and nobody's above this, whether he be king, whether he be president, whether he be prime minister, governor, senator, Lord, whatever, you know, if whatever this person is, if they're violating this, the, the, the principles, the precepts, the things God laid out in his word, they're wrong. No one is above that. When you think about that and when you when you place that in that in that um, that idea that the Bible is man made, that doesn't make sense. But this is one of the things if the devil can undermine the Bible, everything else is cakework. Right. The Bible says that faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. This this is how we come into truth as God's word. The devil can undermine that. Everything else is cake work. That's always the first thing attacked. But what I, what I found in my own life is every time I had a huge fall, I began to question the Bible or try to 
mold the Bible and conform the Bible to what I want. Things are going wrong. You're headed in the wrong direction fast because you're seeking. You're not seeking. You're not doubting and you're not criticizing out of a heart seeking truth. This is interesting. Do some studying into this, this yourself. Look into people who honestly had questions like, let's say, scientists or some some uh, high knowledge scholar that honestly had questions and doubts about the Bible, the existence of God, the Lord Jesus Christ. Most, not all, let's say a lot. I'm not going to say most. A lot of scientists, when they have questions, their questions are legit. They're inquisitive people. They just want to know. And they, they're asking these questions out of an honest heart. And what I've seen time and time again, you, you can, you can go read books about this stuff. You can go watch videos of different scientists in this category. They go to question God. They have a question about God's existence, the Bible, what have you, et cetera. And more often than not, these people come out of the other side of those questions, believing the gospel. And trusting the Bible. As a rational person, I think to myself, if, if I if I was, let's say I was prone to doubt, is the Bible true? Uh, what about the men who pinned down these words? Is it made up? Is God real? I would bring my mind down with some degree of soberness and say to myself, okay, let me look at all of these. Now, again, we don't place our faith our trust and our confidence in man but but you can you can use external things to hash out some logic right so if you look at the the number of high intellect scholars in different sciences who believe the gospel you have to ask yourself this is an intelligent person more than the average this is a logical person more than the average. This is a person who has the ability to weed through facts and data better than the average person. And they have come to the conclusion that God is real. The Lord Jesus Christ was crucified, raised on the third day. They believe this and trust the Bible. Again, I'm not saying you place your faith, your trust and your confidence in, in anyone including any man or woman. But if somebody in that position can believe the Bible, can understand and know that, yes, the Bible is true, given the level of their intellect, again, I'm not saying you place your faith in a man or a woman, but I'm saying you have to logically unpack that, back up and think, well, I'm definitely not, as far as intellect, smarter than them. So if they looked at all the evidence and all of the data and they have come to the conclusion that this is true, I need to make sure if I'm doubting and if I'm asking questions, I'm asking questions from an honest heart and not out of a heart that's just seeking to disprove the Bible because I want to do what I want to do. I think that'll be very helpful. Y'all know what it is. Stay frosty, people.